Hey guys, welcome back to the Hit Up Podcast. Today we're joined with Shannon and Chris. How are we guys? Uh, I'm Sam anyway, so it's off to a bad start, but oh, yeah. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> My bad, I'm reading off the the uh, the Zoom call names. Sorry, I've had, I've had a real oh, a shambles of the last two weeks, haven't been here, so a bit rusty to getting back onto the podcast, and uh, it's just not, it's not, it's not going well, eh, Josh? Yeah. It's no excuses, though, as Sam said on the pod before we started the podcast. No excuses. So. Oh, at least one of you know what my name is. That's a good start. <laughs> yeah. So Sam. Redem- redemption. No, no, it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. So what we do to start off our interviews normally is we do like a set of six. Normally our um, other host, Connor, does it. But it's really just six quickfire questions just for the viewers to get to know you guys more. So which one of you would like to go first? Oh, we'll let the oldest go first. Where you go, Chrissy. Sweet. Yeah, I'll go. Sweet ass. Easy. So, favourite NRL team? Uh, the Sydney Roosters. Bring back the Biff, yes or no? Bring back the Biff. Who's yes. your favourite NRL player of all time? Uh, oh, to be honest, it would probably be Sonny Bill Williams. Who is your early 2022 NRL Premier's prediction? I'd, ha- I'd have to go beat Sydney Roosters. Homer pick. <laughs> um, <laughs> favourite clothing brand? Uh, Nike. And then favourite fast food? Pizza. Sweet. So we're going to do the same for Sam. Favourite NRL Sweet team? Sweet <clears throat> Up the Warriors. Yeah. I'm a Kiwi that supports oh, my actual team, you know? Yeah. Come on. Liam and Connor, they're, they're similar. They don't do that, yeah. Each to their own, eh? Yeah. Obviously, they weren't brought up properly, but that's okay. <laughs> Normally, uh, we don't shit in our own backyards, but hey, you know, each to their own. Yeah. Bring back the biff, yes or no? Oh, hell, hell yes, definitely. Favourite NRL player of all time? Ooh, probably maybe someone like Andrew Johns. Who would be your 22 NRL Premier's prediction? Don't say the Warriors. Nah, I'd love to. <laughs> nah, but hey, if I don't say the Warriors, then maybe, you know, that's a good omen. So I'm not going to go off them. I'll probably go, I reckon Penrith will go close to going back to back, eh? Favourite clothing brand? Uh, I'm going to drop my own because it's not far away from launching, but I'm going to have to go with better than before, baby. Sweet. Might have to cop. <laughs> and then yeah, fav- nice. <laughs> favourite fast food as well? Um, oh, fast food. Yeah, I'd probably roll pizza as well, to be honest. Yeah, agreed. This is not a bad shout. Good, good go-to. No one can complain. Nah, not at all. I just like food in general anyway. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, since, since we all love the sport of rugby league, I thought we'd take a, a bit of a trip down memory lane and, and I'd, I'd like to go over it. What are your first like memories of the sport? Oh, you go for it, Chris. Yeah, Elders first. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so I, pretty much, I was—I didn't really have a choice. I was uh, brought, born into the game, but being my old man, being a passionate uh, player and coach. So, my biggest memory, like sort of into the game when I was young, was would have been I was a ball boy for the Papanui Tigers, and the and it was in the '98 Grand Final. So, uh, that game was um, the Papanui Tigers were the under underdogs, and they. Uh, they came out in the second half roaring and just, yeah, just 
got momentum and just the physicality and the, the bodies on the line and just some of those yeah, some of those hits and one of my cousins was playing in the team, marking Aaron Whitaker, uh, ex warrior, and that. So um, and sort of covered him that game and sort of outplayed him. So uh, that's why they got the Papua got the victory. So yeah, that 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 really got got me good when I was young and wanted to be amongst finals footy. So yeah. Oh, definitely. What about you, Sam? Um, for me, it was, yeah, just growing up supporting the Warriors. Like, to be honest, I started out, I played a lot of time playing Union, to be fair. Um, but I'm a man, like, I just love sport in general. I just love competition and stuff. And, um, yeah, I guess just growing up in New Zealand, it was, um, you know, I can just remember, like, the crowd, um, you know, just going back as well, like, in that first game against the Bronx and stuff like that, just packed stadium, like, running out to, you know, the first New Zealand team coming onto the park and all that sort of thing. And, um, it's really cool to like reflect on that, you know, going back and things. So, yeah, I guess it would just be, um, yeah, for me, the the earlier times watching it on TV and and such, and then um, having to crack a bit later on in life. Hundred percent. So I was pretty similar to you, Sam. I did bit of union, bit of league. What was your favourite between the two playing it? Um, playing it. Well, I don't know. Like to be honest, I reckon I'd probably prefer league. Um, I don't know, because, like, you can easily just, I don't know, feel as though you can sit back a little bit in rugby, you know, there's an extra couple of men on the field, um, and, like, you can kind of get probably exposed a little bit more if you're not doing your job in league and things, I feel. Um, And then, yeah, you can have, you know, you can have a bit of a crack yourself if you want to, you know, if you're at the back or, you know, if you're running out of hooker or or wherever it is, you can, everyone can have a crack. And, um, you know, if less people on the field, yeah, you've got to really probably do your job and... um, just the physicality of it and things like that. Um, yeah, it's it is tough. Like playing halfback um, in Union and playing hooker in league. Like I can hide behind a four pack, and um, when it comes to um, Union, you know, and then um, it's it can t- totally different uh, kettle of fish when you're playing league. Yeah. What about you, Chris? Did you play any Union growing up, or just a league man? No, no. I've had I've had a, I had a crack at uh, Union as well. So. I mainly in league. I base. I normally play hooker, loose forward, or in the halves. But when I went to Union, I went to to second five centre fullback. So um, the next journey, I heard. <laughs> <laughs> mainly, mainly the reason I, I was playing those positions in Union was as as I just liked running with the ball. So you know, I felt in I, I preferred league over Union because of the fact that I felt and you ran with the ball more meters and instead of the short shorter stuff and i don't know i just i just i just preferred the structure of league compared to union i believe like i look at it and union players are really skillful um especially their backs but yeah i just yeah i just prefer the game of league over a day i don't I, you know i watch both but i do overall I'd, I'd watch a game of league over a game of union if it was on tally so at the same time yeah, definitely. Now, it might spark a bit of debate, but when I'm watching Union, I feel like there could be like 50 tackles before anything happens. You have so many phases and nothing's happening. But in league, you have six tackles to do something with the ball. And it's, yeah, I, I think it's just much better, but might might be just my opinion. But yeah, so Sam, um, previous oh, earlier you mentioned your clothing line, the better than before. Yeah. Um, and... How did that like 
brand sort of come around and what was the purpose of creating that sort of brand? Um, so for me, like I've always wanted my own brand, like I just not long, um, sort of to bet towards the back end of last year, I just set a goal to go like 12 months sober. So we had our last sort of, um, piss up at the end, uh, yeah, finishing up the year. I was working at Under Armour at the time. Um, me and one of the older fellas there were kicked kicked on um the two of us till i don't know it wasn't actually that late but it was about one in the morning and just the next day i woke up and was like all right my son's coming now he's um due in january i want to sort of like set a standard and you know Mm -hmm. and figure out a little bit more and um you know like i just felt a lot of the time i was waking up and you know you test yourself and like deep down i'd say to myself you know i'm not going to drink this weekend and you know push comes to shove, the arm gets twisted and the boys are on and hissing. But, um, you know, so I just thought, you know, I need to test myself. I know that I'm better than this. There's some things that I want to change in my life and um, now's mm. the perfect time. So, you know, I've been kind of feel like I've been on a journey my whole life like most people probably do. And, and I just felt that if I don't commit to what my version of the dream is, then um, I'm never going to fully, you know, feel as though I utilise life to its full potential. So, it was like three months into the journey that, you know, I was, I was sober, like I was training hard, you know, I was losing a lot of weight and, you know, things were going really well. And so I was just like, you know, I want to change it up a bit and, um, you know, really test myself. And then my mate just um, messaged me and was like, oh, um, I'm starting to like print T-shirts and stuff like that. And then it was like, fuck, I can, I can start my own brand, you know, like I just have to commit to it and just see what happens. So I didn't have any social media, so I started posting things on social media, started doing like random acts of kindness and and just I'm still learning about social media and things like that, but like some of those videos of uh it's not huge in comparison to some people but have had like three hundred and fifty thousand people that have seen it and and that sort of thing. Um you know, I I chucked a footy jersey but behind a young fella and um said, Oh you dropped something and like he kinda of turned around and his parents and that were all blown away and all that sort of stuff and I just wanted to bring more exposure to like the whole tall poppy syndrome and like people cutting me down and like even through my journey speaking with Chris when we caught up he's in Christchurch I'm up in Auckland now you know we caught up we went out we had a good time and you know he's hearing things that people are like saying things about me behind my back about you know I've been training really hard but I you know they think that I'm doing you know heavy drugs and shit like that so it's like whatever you do you can't please everyone and it's like you got to do what's best for you and like and just like it comes back to footy or anything you know I'm a competitive man I love to win and, you know, if I don't test myself to to see what I'm truly capable of, then, you know, I'm not really seeing what it's all about. So, yeah, about, what are we now, sort of eight or nine months into the journey and, um, you know, things have been evolving. Like, as you can see, I've created this wee space behind me and, um, you know, I'm sponsored to do that now. I've started doing coaching around mindset. I won a scholarship around um, NLP, which is um, Neuro Linguistic Programming and, um, you know, I've had my son this year. I'm, I'm I'm nearly at 12 months sober. I've got all the apparel samples there, so that's coming. And so, you know, it's just evolving. And even the content, like, I look back at the start of it, and I'm just like, I look like I'm on crack because, like, I just, you know, speaking in front of a camera, it's so tough, and I can chew the ear off anyone. And, um, you know, I like the sound of my own voice. So, um, yeah, that's why I like podcasting. That's great, and it just chucks you outside the comfort zone. So. Yeah, that's a little bit about my journey, and it's um yeah, I'd say this is the proudest year of my whole life, and it's just going to compound from here. I'm excited, and like I want to bring in as many people as I possibly can to help them to be their version of happiness. Like for me, I gave up alcohol because I wasn't happy with what I was doing, and and 
um, you know, my old man likes to drink every day and I want to set a standard for my son and for him and, you know, and other people to say, if you, doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, if you want to make positive changes in your life, you can fucking do it, you know? So um, that's kind of, you know, where I'm at with everything now and yeah, everything's getting stronger, the momentum continues to build and it's um, it's just like, you know, laying that foundation brick by brick by brick and, um, yeah, it's been one hell of a journey so far. And, you know, even just getting to do this, like, I love footy, you know, I, this is what I want to talk about. Eventually, I want to inject um, something, you know, whether it's better than before sports or something like that to, you know, talk about this sort of thing. So as soon as you guys reached out, it's like, yeah, I'm on. And then I had to hit up my right-hand man because he knows league. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, going to Chris, we understand he's a pretty big coach in Christchurch. I was just wondering, Chris, how you got into coaching because – a lot of people have different stories getting into coaching, so I was wondering how you got into it originally. Well, I, obviously, I got I first. I first uh, had my little first little stint at coaching. It was actually when I had done an ACL, so I I couldn't couldn't play for the years. So I'd done it. I'd done it right in the uh, middle middle of summer, so I had nine months of rehab ahead of me. So I was living at, back at my parents' then, close to. Uh, Aranui, so I went and actually coached the under eights Aranui team. Had nothing to do with the club, nothing at all. Just thought I'll just go help out there. So I I I done that year. Sam came along to a few games and, and watched and that and uh, of you know these young eight year olds evolved into a a champion team and uh, I really got the rewards from that. You know, seeing them develop through there. So it sort of planted a little seed in me. But I knew coaching wasn't. At that right at that time wasn't I wasn't going to carry on just then and there I still knew I had a bit of a career playing, so um, that's what sort of started it all. And then yeah, it, didn't, it wasn't until quite a, quite a few years later I started. I got an opportunity after I captain I captain a team to uh, coach the reserve grade team. So um, and I ended up yeah after a year of coaching I ended up going back putting the boots back on again so it's not till the last couple of years that I've actually hung the boots up and I've um and I've been helping develop players and, and training them at the Northern Bulldogs so uh was there a, a club that was almost folded from the earthquakes and they were coming last place barely straight fielding a team and uh in the five years we turned them around to making making a grand final, losing it, which was a bit of a heartbreak. Um, but we also won a Premier B, B Premiership as well. So, um, you know, now the club's a top four top four club. So it's, uh, it's it was a really a good achievement. So just a few work commitments at the moment to help me back from this year being involved. But um, it's something I want to be becoming a team in Christchurch sometime in the next couple of years. So. It's, I won't be gone from the game, but I'll be I'll be floating around at just my commitment this year because when I'm in, I'm in a hundred. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, just following up on that, you were talking about how you were switching between coaching and playing. Um, the, uh, over the uh, over the last few years, I've been I play a lot of soccer and a lot of what we call it football, but um, I know that's a rugby league term now, but. Um, so we, <laughs> well, um, I, I found like the mindset between playing, coaching, and I did a bit of refereeing was completely different. Is that the same in rugby league? And how did you handle it? Yeah, well, as I got older through my career, I, I he's still got a lot to say whether he's on the sideline or on he's on the field. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> the passion is there. Yeah, well, you know. 
to be honest, as I got on, as I got on, like playing, I got smarter, understood the game mm. better, knew, you know, and then so I became a cap. Sort of just with going from a, a captain to a coach. Once you've already earned the respect from your players, and then going to coach them, is uh, it made it an easy transition. So I didn't really notice too much transition from going from a, a player coach role and then going back playing. So when I went back playing, I was sort of in the senior senior group that had a bit to say to the coach. So it was. Yeah, I didn't find too much of a change, but it was it was a progress thing that I learned in my career. So yeah, I don't think some yeah I'm still being young now, got a long long future ahead of me in the coaching side of things. But um, yeah, I didn't once I got to that leadership role, it sort of yeah, didn't change too much for me. Yeah, yeah, I think that's similar with a lot of different sports. Um, going back to you, Sam, what has been the proudest moment? of your sort of journey with Better Than Before? Because I've seen a lot of the TikToks of the random acts of kindness. Are those the favourite things? Or what's, like, your favourite part about it? Um, then I can look myself in the mirror and say that I'm fucking on and hissing at the moment. Like, I'm just loving life overall, you know? It's just a hell of a journey. Like, every day I'm testing myself. Every day I'm moving forward, whether I'm, you know, listening to a podcast or whatever it is. Like, I'm just consistently in that growth mindset every single day now. And, um, you know, it's pretty cool to get like some of the messages that I get uh, you know like people tell me I t- I'm saving their life like that to me is just mm. you can't describe it but at the same time too like as I touched on earlier there's people there that still don't believe in you there's people there that do believe in you but as long as I can look myself in the eye and just saying you know I am giving it my best and there's still things that I want to change but just overall it's just that I've committed to something you know I'm about to tick a big box for me that was you know has been a struggle in my life like you know, a lot of us, you know, as young fellas, we love to drink piss, and especially in New Zealand, like, yeah. you know, in all reality, like, you know, I would say I was an alcoholic because I I don't really drink because I enjoy it. I drink to get smashed, like, at the end of the day. So, um, well, like, Josh. it's hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a few of us out there, I tell you. Um, <laughs> we know how to send it. But, and, and again, it's like, like I say, it's not like... I'm not trying to tell anyone that they need to change. Like, it's not about that. Like, if you're in control and you're happy with your decisions, but it's like, if you're battling up top and you're, you know, mentally, it's something that you do want to change. Like, all I just suggest is to, you know, to do something about it. There's people out there. Like, I can still go out now and enjoy myself. And I'll still happily go out till three, four in the morning and enjoy myself. And like that to me, I just never thought would be possible doing it sober. But now I know... No, I can still do that. And then the next day, even on three or four hours sleep, like, I'm still keen to go train or, you know, I can um, read a book or, you know, I'm all there and, and things just don't get thrown out, out the window as such. So, um, yeah, it's just been, like, just a huge learning and it's been compounding over... Like, I've been testing myself each year. Like, I could have sat back and been happy. Like, I had an awesome job. I owned a couple of houses. I was working for a great brand. But at the same time, like, you know, it's still not enough, like... I want to continue to test myself. And the reason why I created this is because I love sports so much. I love, you know, that competitiveness. I love um, just the culture, the environment. And that's the most important part is, like, just trying to bring in as many possible people um, that want to be better or, you know, and, like, I'm trying to cut out any negative bullshit and just and have an environment that's just safe for anybody to be a part of, which to me is, like, the more of that right now, the better. And whether someone believes in me or they believe in someone else, like, it doesn't matter. It's just about the more of these environments that are created, and especially right now, like, I couldn't have 
thought about a bit of timing. Like, I started this and then, you know, we're, we're back down the whole COVID journey. Um, so, yeah, it's it's hard to say one thing, but at the end of the day, it, it's probably just that I'm, you know, the most proudest I've ever been of myself in my life. And I'm, there's still things that, you know, I want to change and I want to learn more about and I'll continue to grow. So, yeah, it's just been one special year overall, really. Yeah, that's like so amazing to hear. Just following up, you touched on COVID there. What did that kind of inspire you to like, like get your brand out there more and try and help people because lockdown was a really stressful time for everyone. So did that kind of put some motivation to do more work and get it out there? Or um, to be honest, like I was already doing it. Like that, that didn't. Mm. Ha- that that was just another layer. And like to be honest, yeah. I don't, I don't because I'm. I'm trying to spend my time wisely. Like I used to watch the news all the time because I'd I'd be watching the sport or whatever. But now I consume through content and things like that. And um, it's more about like it, it wasn't that, but that's just another whole element to realize. Okay, you know you can do something. And the, I actually was working for somebody at the time, and I lost my job through through COVID, and I wasn't happy there anyway. And it was like I was losing my job, and then all of a sudden someone through a hashtag followed me and now he's the sponsor so shout out to kings and neon if anyone needs a sick neon if you boys need a rugby league neon or you need you need a uh i don't know but uh, yeah if you need a sweet neon anyway but um then that's the thing like as soon as you start putting more positivity out there like the worlds just start to align and wonderful people come into your life like and again like i've now just met a couple of extra you know awesome lads that you know, I'm I'm always going to be there for, and um, you know, some people. Like, I'd rather be surrounding myself and putting myself in this environment because if people don't believe in me, that's great. Well, I don't want to be a part of that, you know. And I'll still be respectful. Like, if you don't believe in me, I use that as fuel, and I'm still grateful either way. So it's mm. yeah, it's a win-win. But overall, back to your question, was COVID like, you know, it wasn't not really an element of what didn't really affect me or what I was doing. But now it just makes me realise, you know, and especially like going through it all and, and being able to get up, train when I want to, have a coffee when I want to, create content when I want to, all that sort of thing. You know, I really understand what, um, like no one can kind of take it away from me or I, because I'm doing everything online, it doesn't matter what's going on in the world because everything's done like this, you know. So, um, yeah, it, ha- it hasn't affected me. And the last thing I want to do is I'm not going to start buying into my mindset about you know everything that's going on out there like i've got another job to do like yep it's there i can't do anything about it so carry on you know that's that's how i see it anyway yeah covid was the thing that actually started this podcast and i'm so grateful we did it like we were just bored one day and i was like should we start one and we've met some great people like one that stands out a few weeks ago was a guy called leighton spellman who's in victoria and he's just every day doing gym work or coaching an under-six team in Victoria Rugby League team. And his whole thing was using sport as a pathway out, like out of a poor system, out of something. And that was his big thing. And I was just wondering, Chris, for you, have you seen like an instance of that or do you believe that sport is a pathway out of trouble? Oh, 100%. You know, uh, growing up, I had some kids that, I played with there on my team that came from hard families. Um, I had one one person. I used to, I used to. My parents used to pick them up for every single training and to, and take them to training with us and, and and the games and that. You know, and, and that person, you know, went on to represent the Kiwis, the Roosters, 
you know, went on to, you know, do big things, you know, and his whole life changed from that, you know. So I, I think sport is, a, there's an opportunity. Some kids really thrive from it. They get away from their surroundings at home. Um, you know, sometimes it's not so happy at home and they get to have a run and loose, you know, let off some steam and whatnot. So, um, and then create some good friends, you know. So I, I believe anything that uh, can get you outside, getting uh, your exercise, your fit, you know, get that mind, that mind right. Um, yeah, because you never know. Everyone goes through issues, but, you know, some 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 you can see it and some you can't. So, so I think the sport is, yeah, really a, a good thing for everyone from a young age all the way through. Yeah. Definitely, it's definitely helped me through a lot of a lot of my younger high school years. So I love getting out with my friends and just playing sport and the games we love. It's great. Now we know that rugby league is huge over in Australia, but it's not so big as it is over here. How do you think we can grow the great game of rugby league here in New Zealand? We'll start with you, Sam. Um. Oh, I just think like it's like I don't know what it is, but like a lot of our young guys like just seem to get snapped up elsewhere, all that sort of thing. I don't know what's going on with, like, the recruitment or, you know, like, w- like we should have eyes on kids at a very young age because, like, regardless or w- wherever they're at, um, th- yeah, they seem to just get snapped up and, you know, they're elsewhere or whatever. And it's good because I guess they can still pay for the Kiwis, but if they end up over in Aussie too early, then they... Like, Origin's a huge fucking, you know, something to dangle in front of other people, like... I mean, there's something, I don't know what it is, but obviously, you know, the game's just overlooked. Like, even, you know, you look at it back in Christchurch where, you know, I watched it, played it, you know, a little bit and stuff. And, it, like, it's it's kind of, like, frowned upon. It's, like, looked at because of the demographic of the people that are playing it and all that sort of thing. There's not as, enough, as much money as there is in union and all that sort of thing. And, like, from an early age, like, you know, Chris could probably speak about it too. Like, you know, you go into high school and stuff like that and... Yeah, you've kind of like pushed towards that first 15 and all that sort of thing. There's no real structure from that age to um, really develop the game as such and things at, at the same time where I can guarantee in Aussie it's it's probably completely different, you know. They've got younger grades, all that sort of thing. And um, and also, like, you get someone like, you know, um, Will Warburton, obviously, who's was playing for sevens, then all of a sudden, like, you know, you got the Storm that are, like, looking at him and now he's got a contract over there and stuff like that, so... Um, I can pretty much guarantee you if the Warriors came and approached him that he'd probably just would have stayed at sevens, you know, like yeah. there's just not that lure to be playing for for your country or you know. I mean there's heaps of I don't Aussies know if all. it's country, I think it's just the Warriors, they're pretty yeah. pretty cramped <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna say it, but I am excited for this year. I yeah. am excited. Oh, like, just like just like I am every every year. But um yeah, I don't know. I, I feel as what? though Johnson's got a huge point to prove, like whether or not like he's he's getting he is getting on a bit, but like coming home, all that sort of thing, the way that he left, like yeah, I just don't I don't, I don't know what's going to happen, but um, they've, they've definitely got potential anyway. Yeah. I feel sorry for you too. No, <laughs> big forward pack, lodge an AFB. It's going to be good. Looking forward yeah, to that's it. A, we we just try to bring the buff back. Um, <laughs> With Kane Evans, and um, yeah, they told him to get get out of here. So yeah, <laughs> at least we were winning the war, you know. And it was funny, like seeing him. It's probably not the best for the kids, but you know, when he's writing, fold that C U N T on his on his arm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Like that. <laughs> going back to the, going back to that question though, like like how yeah. the game, you know, how we could develop it in that. I, I believe that the biggest the biggest thing that we've let go is um, the national competition that it used to run in in New Zealand. Uh, I think it finished in two thousand and six, the Barakan Cup. You know that was that was a real good platform. A lot of a lot of Kiwis and a lot of Warriors players came out of that that competition. So. Mm. Going back to, I don't think maybe it needs to be the senior comp. I think they need to do the same competition, but under twenties, um, and, and 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 then also they need to have a similar uh, competition following it for eighteens and sixteens to try and promote that and, and get that lure from rugby union or you know. So that that national competition, I think, needs to be an all year round thing instead of these little six or seven games at the end of a season. Um, it needs to be a national competition, and that, that's how we're going to keep our juniors and keep everything here so then they can push for their under 20s um national team and then you know that's where the worries really will be looking at so you know that'll come down to funding money you know yeah. so money's the biggest thing so that's they need that you know sponsors but you know like barter Card cup used to sponsor the barter Card cup so they need to get some big big names on board and do some research and you know and, and those under 20s games can be on tv you know so i i just think that they need a good network of people together and try and look at something like that, you know? So that's yeah. my view on it. Yeah. So we have one more question. This comes from Connor. So he's he's off. So he's he messaged me, can you ask this one question at the end of the show? So we have from Connor, do you guys have any tips for anyone aspiring to play rugby league at the top level? We'll start with Sam. Oh, yeah, I guess my... This is only my opinion, like, um, you know, Chris has got all the experience in the world, so he'll have a great answer. But um, I guess, like, it comes down to being, like, from my point of view, whatever you want to do, um, it was probably always a dream of mine, but I, I probably didn't put the effort in. You know, there was other things, like, um, you, you go up, there's women, there's alcohol, there's all sorts of things, and, you know, if whatever you do, you want to try and be a true professional as soon as you possibly can, like, you know, doing weights at an early age, making sure you're eating right, talking to the right people, trying to network yourself into the right environment, surrounding yourself with the right people and things like that. But, yeah, it's tough at an early age. But the, the sooner that you can live your life as a true professional, and also the biggest thing for me would be the sooner you can pick up learning about the mindset. Like, you can be a great player, but if you don't have the right mindset and the right attitude, you ain't going to go anywhere, you know, and that's what I feel sets you apart. It's like, like I never used to meditate or anything like that. And if you look at anyone or whether it's meditation or some form of, you know, mental training, like LeBron James and stuff like that, you know, the amount of money that he spends over a million dollars a year on his body. And that's why he's been playing for so long. And he like, you know, he's um, got sponsorship and stuff with calm the, um, meditation app and things like that because it's something that you know he uses and that sort of thing so it's like you know the more that we can instill about mindset and you know mindset training and things like that the better and that's why i love what i'm doing because i'm going to incorporate it and um i was working with a guy the other day named zion um who's uh he wants to play rugby league for the warriors and like he came across my desk and i was like you know what i'm going to do all this and put you know some effort into you to help you and um, get to you know your dream and things like that and um, you know that mindset I think there's not as much that goes into that from my point of view from what I've seen like there, you know there's the trainings and all that sort of stuff but when it comes to the mindset and um, setting yourself apart like um, there's a you know 
a real um, potential to be doing more. And the, the top two inches is the most important thing in my um, opinion. Definitely. And what about from a coaching perspective from you, Chris? Uh, my biggest thing would be uh, learning. Instead of ex- turning losing, the word losing, and use it, use it the word learning. You know, so everything's never going to be a smooth start, sail for you, you know. Um, and when you are trying to hit those the, those higher levels in footy, you're you're probably more you're really competitive and all that. So if you don't, if you if you get too stubborn and and get pissed off with learning and and all that uh, with with losing, you'll never learn. So the more you can turn losing into learning and, and figure out why you've done things wrong. And and what how you learn from it to move forward, the more successful you'll become and understand and get better. So, yeah, it's it's the biggest thing I learned in my life is I was so competitive, so and then and, and you know I was a sore loser. And once I started realizing, accepting the loss and learning from the things that went wrong in the game and and things I could have done, then I started my my whole view of everything started getting better and. Um, become more humble, become um, a better team player, a better everything. So, yeah, it, it, I think just, yeah, turn losing into learning. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's a really good, like, way to take it because a lot of people get really, like, I don't know, like, down or, like, from the losing point of view and they don't really know how to take it in and actually turn it around. So that... Yeah. You know, catchphrase me, Josh, instead of the... What is it? You got to lose a grand final to win a grand final. Yeah. You can start using that one. The iconic <laughs> quote of the podcast, like for reference for you guys, like in August last year, like on a podcast, when I think it was our first one. I was like, mm. I think Penrith's going to win the title. Storm aren't. You got to lose a grand final to win one, and that became like a sort of meme of the podcast. Yeah. But it ended up and coming like true. Every so. week, he'd just say, "I've got a new saying," and like I think it was like the week before grand final. He goes, "I heard this really good saying," and he was so serious, and he just goes, "You got to lose a grand final to win a grand final." Me and Connor were just fucking pissing ourselves. I said it like I'd already said it five <laughs> times apparently, but yeah. <laughs> so watch out yeah. for the Rabbitohs this year, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you guys so much for coming on this podcast. It's been so interesting learning about all the about your better than before brand and your coaching stories, Chris. It's I've had probably this is probably one of the best chats I've had for a while. I haven't been here for hey. a few weeks, so so probably up to that. But yeah, thanks again for joining us. You guys have been really great, and thanks for taking some time out of your day. Maybe yeah. at some yeah. stage, um, what what we could do is um, head up a live and and like just have a yarn while the game's playing or something like that or, you know, yeah. do something a little bit differently or, you know. 100%. And, um, yeah, you know, you've just met a couple of new dudes here and, you know, use that as an opportunity. I mean, Chris knows a lot of people and I'm sure that there's some, um, you know, influential people, whether it's at grassroots level or whatever, that he, he'd be more than happy to um, have a yarn to you or, like, help, help you boys out to get to, you know, where you want to go. And, mm-hmm. and that's the thing, you know, whatever you're passionate about, chase it, get after it, chase your dreams because you only get one shot at it. So, yeah, been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. Cheers, sir. Yeah, thanks, guys. Sweet. Thanks, guys, guys for that. Please. See you guys soon. Thank you. Sounds good. Thank Cheers. Recording stopped. <laughs>